Good day and praise the Lord to you. Welcome to our broadcast. This is our Hebrews Bible study. We're in chapter 5. Grab your Bibles, your pencil, and your paper. Get ready to dig deeper into the Word of God. Have these Bible sessions every single Monday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We uh, are gathering together online, and uh, these are great sessions. These are great half-hour sessions that you can actually learn the word of the truth of the gospel in God's word, not just uh, a Bible verse we pick out and apply it to the window shade on the wall. And No, God's word is is about Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the living Word. And as we see more of how God's Word applies to our Savior, then we'll find, only then will we find how it applies to us because as Christians, we are in Him. Hallelujah. It is, the Bible is our Jesus book. So gather with us today, every Monday and Thursday, gather with us. And on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, we are so delighted to be sharing with you a message entitled Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. And we have learned over the last 16, 17 years to look at every word of God through the blood of Jesus because it's the only way you and I can go from faith to faith. And I all the time need to share this for the sake of not just the new viewers, but those of us who've heard this a hundred times. We need never move away from it. It needs to stay not back here in the warehouse, but it needs to stay up here in the forefront of our minds. That Proverbs 8 and 8 says, All of God's words are in righteousness. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel to those who go from faith, the beginning of faith, the born-again experience, to faith, to faith, to faith. We only move from faith to faith as God's righteousness is continued, continually being revealed to our hearts in the gospel and we know who they are. We know them by their fruits. Come on now, somebody. Those who are being moved from faith to faith are those who are basking in the glory of the cross, learning to be determined to know nothing but the cross, uh, not boasting in any of the benefits that come through the cross, thankful for all the benefits, but only boasting in that which God did in Christ at Calvary through which all the blessings come. Hallelujah. We know them by their fruits. And we need to remember that. Every word of God is in righteousness. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel to the hear His words in their righteous context and be moved into the doing of God's Word. Something the Lord gave me this past weekend in Ohio. If you haven't heard it yet, just a phrase. I'm sure it's popular and I'm just slow in catching up. But according to what's written in the Bible, faith comes by hearing. But doing comes by hearing properly. James said, you can be a hearer of the Word, but not a doer of the Word. Faith does come by hearing, but doing comes by hearing properly. And we need to be hearing properly, and hearing properly means every Word of God in its contact of righteousness. Well, what's that? That's every Word of God 
through faith in the gospel. Not just, yeah, I believe in the gospel. No, every word of God seen, viewed, begin to be understood and carried out with the fruits thereof in our lives of that righteousness. The only fruit a Christian can bear that's legitimate, accepted by God and will be rewarded is the fruits of righteousness. That's the fruits of who Christ is and what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hebrews chapter 5, this is part 4 today, on this 10th day of June 2021. Let's move on into the Word this morning. I'm sure the Lord will impart the truth of His Word to those who are learning to follow Him, to be led of the Spirit, to walk after the Spirit. Well, how do I know I'm walking after the Spirit? Well, He's guiding you. He's attempting to guide us into all truth. And there is no truth outside of Jesus. Ephesians 24 tells us the truth is in Jesus. That means who He is and what He did. That means before all the words of God that are written can be applied to our lives, our faith must be in the one they're about. Hallelujah. The one that fulfilled all things at the cross. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He authored and finished our faith at Calvary. You need to understand that. That means He authorized it there for you to be able to have that measure of faith from His faith. Glory to God. There's where He ended. The cross is where He ended. Everything that will forever be burnt up in hell and forgotten about, but in that same simultaneous twinkling of an eye moment, He became not only the ending of all that would not be of God and washed away and burnt up forever and ever, but He also in that same moment became the beginning of all that would ever be eternally of God with the fruit thereof all in that same moment of His death. You can't move me away from a focus on the sacrifice of our great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the focus in heaven. Christ as the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God is the song in heaven, my Lord. And let it be the song in our hearts today as the people of God as He awakens us unto His righteousness and brings us out of all the golden calves we've built and, and brings us back to Himself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. Seven, speaking of Jesus here as the, the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The verse before this tells us and that really means he's, he's, the, he's the priest without end. And it also tells us he's the priesthood who had no beginning. He's the eternal priesthood. He is God Almighty. He has no beginning, no ending, just as Melchizedek had no genealogy of that which he had a beginning or an ending, mother or father. Jesus Christ is the eternal high priest of God, the Bible says, after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek showed up with bread and wine, and, the, and Abraham recognized him as who he was. Jesus showed 
showed up with bread, his body and wine, his blood at Calvary. And thanks be to God, we've recognized who he is. Hallelujah to the Lamb. We recognize our Jesus. We, we don't see everything as we will one day, but the Bible says in Hebrews 2, 9 that we do see Jesus. Hallelujah. And he's really the only thing we need to see. If you're seeing him, you're seeing the power of God, the, the love of God, the mercy of God, the reign of God. You're seeing the grace. Of, you're seeing everything about God because Jesus, the Bible declares, is the brightness of God's glory, the fullness of all that God is. And we need to constantly be looking unto Jesus. Not saying that, but doing that from our hearts. So the Bible says in verse 7 of Hebrews 5, speaking of Christ here, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, his Father in heaven, that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared this is a powerful scripture speaking of Jesus walking on this earth as a man, the God-man, uh, uh, God who became man. He, he became man to take care of the sin issue because he wasn't dead and it took someone alive to take care of the sin issue. There wasn't a single man on the planet. I've heard foolish men say that if they would have had the knowledge Jesus had, they could have even been the one that played the part of Savior. Well, number one, nobody's come from heaven but Jesus. Number two, nobody's ever been born of a man and a woman without the sin nature. Jesus didn't have a sin nature. He was still tempted and tried and endured and overcame all temptation, but you need to understand God became a man because man couldn't pay the price for what man owed. So God had to become a man. And Let's just make it very elementary this morning. If you're dead, you can't pay a payment. You, you, if you're dead, you have no way to pay a payment. A dead man can't pay a bill. A dead man can't sit up. A dead man can't do anything. And that's what we were. We were dead, the Bible says, in our trespasses and sin. I can't make a payment on anything, especially sin. I, I, listen, a dead man can't walk. A dead man can't talk. We're talking about in the eyes and the plan of God. Many physical people living on this earth, are, as we used to be, were dead in our sins but we can't do anything spiritually. We can't bear any fruit of the Lord. We, we, listen, we can't even just approach Him without having heard and believed the gospel of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we can't do anything as dead in our sins and trespasses. But thanks be to God, while we were in that state as dead men and women buried in our sins and trespasses, God commended His love toward us, gave His only begotten Son in spite of us. Why? Not because he, he saw something that, that we, 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 we deserve, but that he loved us. That's it. That's the end of the case. Because he loved us, he created us in his image and he loved us. He came to save us. Jesus, who is God the Son, fully God, became fully man and had to operate as a man led by the Spirit of God to carry out the will of God to pay the price that was owed to God so that God could reconcile a lost race to himself and be glorified in all of that. Hallelujah. Glorious Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God.
But Jesus, while he was here on the earth, in the days of his flesh, he was a man of prayer. The Bible says he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. Let's, let's turn over to the book of Luke this morning and, and see one of the scriptures where Jesus is seen to be, uh, really seemed to be a praying man. And not only a praying man, but praying through. Praying through. Ch uh, Luke chapter 22, we'll start in verse 21. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. See, Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man. He was touched by all suffering. He was touched with pain. He was touched with the horrors as a man of knowing he was going to be crucified as a man who'd never committed a sin. He knew he was going to be put to death. He, he had done told his disciples on multiple occasions that he's go, had got to go to Jerusalem and suffer and be put to death, but that he would be raised on the third day. But listen, just because Jesus knew, just because we know the promises that lie ahead, don't mean there won't be suffering, don't mean there won't be uh, a tough times. But Jesus, look at, he, he, he's praying here, Father, if you be willing, if you be, if it's your will, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. My friend, we don't look for angel visitation. Jesus wasn't looking for angel visitation. But if we're more about God's will than our will, there could be a very good possibility that we might experience angelic visitation. The Bible says that angels are ministering spirits and they minister on behalf. They minister for those heirs of salvation. Hallelujah. And Jesus... Listen, Jesus was about the Father's will. That's what he was seeking. That's why he was in prayer. And as a man, he was, is there any other way we can do this? Is there any other way that we can drink of this cup without this way? Just making certain this is it. Jesus already knew, but he's here showing us his humanity. He wasn't sinfully doubting anything, but he's showing us his humanity that he needed to be in prayer. He needed to be seeking God for his perfect will. He needed to, as a man to make sure this is it. And he was after God's will, God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. And he says in verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus was a man. He was fully God, but fully man. And he was a man of prayer. He trusted in every word his heavenly Father would give him in prayer. Jesus at one point said, I don't do anything that I've not heard, that I've not seen my heavenly Father doing. I don't utter one word, Jesus said, unless I hear my heavenly Father speaking that to me. Jesus was 110% led by the Spirit of God with his words, with his actions. There wasn't one word, there wasn't one action 
carried out that was not by the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. And you and I need to understand that. Jesus was a man of prayer. He offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. And the Bible here says he was heard in that he feared. And that means that he was but that means he was heard because of his godly fear. There's something about that word fear that every Christian needs to study, needs to look deeply into. And we don't need to just take that what's written in all the Bibles and all the common, most of the commentaries that, that it's just a reverential fear. That's what you'll get almost everywhere you look when you look up godly fear or the fear of the Lord. But you need to know it is, it is a reverential fear. But the word reverential comes from the word revere, that which we revere, that which we place a value on. Get this now. You, and you must become a student of God's Word. You, and you must not ever just take a just a, a heading of a, a definition of a title because there's more to know. And, 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 every, and let me say it again. Just about everywhere you look for a definition of godly fear or the fear of the Lord, you will see, you'll see it. It's that reverential fear. And years ago, the Lord showed me that reverential, it, it comes from the word revere, that which we revere. Someone walks in the office this morning with a 20-foot snake this big around, I'm going to revere that. I'm going to place a value on what's going on, and it's going to move me. Come on now, somebody. Are you starting to see it? If we have a reverential fear of God, it's going, to, it's going to cause us to place a proper value on our God. And when our value is properly in the Lord, properly in the Lord, meaning according to His Word, then our estimated value of the worth of God and His Word is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And it's also not just going to be in our heads, but the fear of the Lord. The, the, the reverence of the Lord always moves us into the experience of obedience to the Lord. We need to understand. That's, what the, that's what's being told us right here. Jesus was heard in that he feared. Jesus was heard in that his value of God, his Father's will, was more important and higher than anything on the planet and was the only avenue through which that love his Father had for him and he had for his Father could be carried out in manifestation, in experience. You and I need to hear that today. We need to hear that today. As, as we learn about prayer, if our value is off track in God, in His Word, and, and, and if, if, if our faith doesn't have the right object so the Holy Spirit can increase our knowledge and understanding of the truth that we have and increase the truth that we might not have today, if our value, if, if we don't fear God properly, Peter, Peter said, if you're going to pray, if you're going to seek the Father, you better be found traveling through this life in fear. That means a proper reverential fear toward the Lord. That, that means a proper revering of what God has said because it's not just feeling we have about God. We revere God based on what God has said. What am I doing? There's that word again. What am I doing with the Word of God? When you read 
Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Moses, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Joseph. This means they heard God's instruction and they feared God and they were moved by that fear. I like reading Hebrews chapter 11 when it talks about Noah. By faith, being warned of God, Noah... By faith, being warned of God of things not yet seen, was moved with fear. Fear is a part of, of the Christian life. It's not talked about much. It's not taught on very much. But the word fear is that revering of God. And that doesn't take place in words, my friend. That takes place in the heart where we place, and we all do it. We all have our own level of value placed on our God, our Savior. And those who have the proper value, the proper worth, the proper estimated value of their Savior's worth and their Father's love for them and what He did at Calvary, they're going to be being moved by that. Moved into the obedience of God's Word. And as I said in Ohio this past weekend, faith comes by hearing. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we're going to do what faith was offered us, what, what, what caused through God's Word faith to come, doesn't mean we're going to be found doing. James said, I can, be a dece- I can deceive myself. I can hear the Word of God, but not be a doer of the Word of God. That means when faith comes through hearing the Word, the only way I'm going to become a doer of that Word is if I've heard that word in its righteous context and I moved from faith to faith. See, that that scripture in Romans 1, 16 and 17 shows us the way of Christianity. We walk by faith. That means step by step. Each movement in our lives spiritually is a move of God. By grace, through faith, through our continual hearing. It's not just exclusive to the born-again experiences, the, the, uh, the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel for salvation. Hallelujah! It was. But it says, from faith to faith. So we have to keep hearing. And and this is a powerful subject, the the fear of the Lord, uh, godly fear. It's something that moves God's people according to His will with the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. Not what makes me feel good because this story of Christ crying and praying with tears wasn't about feeling good, wasn't about finding the material happiness of this world. It was about, listen very carefully, it was about finding the will of God for my life. Even Christ, let's read it again, who in the days of His flesh, when He had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying, strong crying, and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and he was heard in that he feared. Prayers, the Christian knows God hears his prayers. The God-fearing Christian, and I don't mean fearing God in some legalistic manner, I got to wear long sleeves or God will cut me down and kill me. I've got to do this on this day. No, the Bible says put all that aside. Jesus has fulfilled all the law. Hallelujah. 
and for it to be fulfilled in our hearts, the righteousness of that law to be fulfilled in our hearts, we must walk after the Spirit. And we can't do that unless our faith is in that one object God gave us, and that's Christ and what He did. The one that was saved from death. The one that went through death and came out on the other side of death. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's because He feared. It was because He had a godly fear. It's because as a man, He trusted in His heavenly Father and what He promised. That is the proof of a godly fear. That it's not about my will, but God's will. And hear me, child of God, this life, this life, we're pilgrims, we're strangers in a foreign land. Hebrews eleven thirty eight says this world's not even worthy to have us in it. But we don't walk around with our chest out and our chin up like we're better than everybody. That's not what the Bible there means. That means that God's meek. Those who appear that they, they shouldn't even be here. Those who appear that... that that, that this world is not theirs. And that's what makes all the lost sinners and the, and the rebellious uh, evil folks who are against God, that's what makes them feel like this world is theirs and, we, don't, and we, don't, we shouldn't even be here. Well, listen, that's normal for a sinner to think that. That's normal. They've recognized that we're different from them because we've been crucified with Christ, separated from them and them from us. I'm talking about a deep divide. A deep divide, listen, that can't get, listen, you can't go from one to the other unless you accept Christ as Savior. You can come into the body of Christ. There's a great a, a schism, schism, a pit, great, uh, a play, a, a hole here that can't be crossed. You can't get to where the children of God are from being lost unless you come through the blood of Jesus. And you can't get back in that world and be lost again unless you throw Christ out. There's only one crossing of this great this great place of darkness, and that's the blood of Jesus. You either accept it and come into the body of Christ, or you throw it away if you've been saved and you leave. And, but the cross of Christ is what separates. Every issue you and I are having today, every issue, every sin that beats on our doors and sometimes grabs a hold of us, don't lie and say it doesn't happen, friend. But the cross is the answer, not a psychiatrist. The cross is the answer, not what you go and do. The cross is the answer because the cross is what God did about every failure and every sin, every weakness, every lack of provision. The cross is what God did in Christ for all your needs. And not so you could just say, yeah, that's in the past and now I'm in, now I can do that. No. Deny yourself of those foolish thoughts. Take up your cross again today so that you'll be able to follow Christ. There's no, there's no following after the Spirit. There's no walking after the Spirit. There's no being led into all truth by the Spirit if our faith is not in the cross of Christ. That's why the message is so important, so powerful, so needy. There's not another message that's more needy than the message of the cross for the lost, for the saved again, for the born again, for those filled with the Spirit of God. Our focus is nothing but the cross. 
And when our focus becomes anything other than, I said when our focus becomes anything other than the cross, we begin to lose the power of the cross. There's a lot of people in the church who want to make the focus Pentecost. And we all need to be full of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, believing God for healing the miracles, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When you make that the focus, so you begin to move away from the power. You're just following names then. You're just following, you following, it's not the Spirit. It's not the Spirit. The Spirit of God tells us this, that God forbids we boast in anything other than the cross. God forbids it. question is, is my fear in God going to be proper, right enough to accept what he said, or will I chase after men because I want to fit in among men and I want to be a, a witness unto men when the Bible says I'm supposed to be being a witness unto God. And then I can be a testimony unto men. Jesus was a praying man. Jesus was heard and that he feared. And that simply means that no matter the hardships, no matter the suffering, no matter the pain, God's will has to be above all things. And I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not waiting till everything works out and I can see how everything's just right and I get everything I want and then I'll say, okay, now I'll call this God's will move out. No, my friend, God's will is going to bring with it much suffering. The book of Acts says that we enter into the kingdom with much tribulation. We must enter in. It will be with much tribulation. But our Savior has overcome the world, triumphing over all tribulation, giving us peace so that no matter what we go through, we can overcome. Hallelujah. Know that Jesus was heard in that He feared. His value on the will of God was above all things. And we need to remember that and that needs to be a great example, the example for our lives of prayer, our lives of focus, and our lives of ministry and mission. Hallelujah. It's been a great broadcast today. Time runs out so fast. Maybe one of these days we'll just have a, a big long all-day Saturday fest and just go from uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Man, wouldn't that just be special just to teach and preach all day for about 12 hours? And, and Oh, my goodness. Just let's, woo, let's just pray about that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's pray about that. Amen. Would you do that for us? Thanks for tuning in whenever you found us on the YouTube channel or the Pastor Curtis Facebook page. Remember, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316, and it's The Cross waychurch.com for the website. Please go check us out. You'll see hundreds and hundreds of gospel-centered, which from our definition and God's definition means cross-centered messages. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And don't forget to tune in in the morning at 9 a.m. for our session on Bible faith in light of the cross. God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.